cool, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of Killer Collab Podcast here on Real People, Real Content. My name is Tony Deaf in Florida, Tony D. To my left, usually, and for the past year, Chris Leto from Reaper Films. It's been a whole year. Almost. It's, it's, we're on like week 40. What? Yeah. We're on, yeah. We're on like episode That's 40. That's crazy. It is. It seems like we did maybe like 10 episodes. <laughs> no, it feels definitely like 40. It does. <laughs> it okay. definitely feels like 40. Oh, uh, basically. Wow. I am impressed. And we've gone this long. Yeah, really. It is. Yeah. So I was ready to quit like after the third week. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I don't think I want to do this anymore. And then you came back, came, but keep coming back on week I 40. Do. Week 40. And returning for a third time. I don't know. The hat trick. The, what's a hat trick? When you score three goals. I don't know. Sorry, I don't watch soccer. Anyway. <laughs> you don't know what a hat trick is, really? No, I'm joking. I was. Oh, I, was I, I, I always said it. Soccer because you're wearing a lightning hat. It's funny. Okay. I thought it was funny. There you go. See, someone heard it was funny. Someone likes dry it. humor. Yeah, you're very not supposed dark. to laugh, but you'll always get it. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. As long as it just clicks. Somewhere. Yeah, it clicks. After you told me what you were talking about, then. <laughs> and that voice is that as always. Third time, Mace Walker. Hello. Hello. Oh, so fresh <laughs> off a brand new production. Brand new, brand new for the interested to third, see second, how it went. I don't know. I'm, these numbers are tough today. It's been a lot. I'm, I'm pretty popular around here. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the you're the you're the only like one the that's been third, on three times. This is the third podcast that I that I've been invited to, and it's it's been you guys. It's all time. been ours. Yeah. <laughs> really? Sorry yeah. to hear that. I just had to tell everyone else. You know, this is the this is my priority. I can't. <laughs> right. I can't we have exclusive rights. We have exclusive rights. Right. Yeah. There you go. I have a contract with you guys. Oh yeah. Coming back, keep and you're more than welcome. It's definitely a fun time. <laughs> yeah, Always a fun definitely. time. Dun, dun, dun. So for your second feature film, what what was the title of that? Cowbird. Cowbird. Where does that come from? Um, it's well originally the title was. Silo, I like the first name. And I do too, but it turns out that there are actually two other psychological horror films named Silo, and I chose mm. that name because I was like, no one's gonna have this name. It's it's the fucking grain tower, but I found actually because I made a website and I saw that the silo feature film like dot com was already taken and oh. Zach was like who the fuck like let me let me look it up so he looks it up and it was like silo introducing the first film in history about grain entrapment and I'm like okay well there's some competition there because it was being released <laughs> like this year oh, so. Wow. I'm like, okay, well, that, you know, whatever. And then Zach's like, just pick some weird title, man, that no one else has. So um, he actually chose it for me, um, and it's it's kind of like a metaphor. It's uh, a cowbird is like a species of bird that lays its eggs in another bird's nest, and then when that egg hatches, the bird eats like the other babies. So it's kind of like a parasite type bird. Isn't it like that other movie, Vivarium? I think it's called. Ooh. Fivarium. Yeah, that that movie. That's yeah. the movie where they were in the uh, that house. neighborhood and they couldn't get out of the neighborhood. Yeah, that was a trippy ass movie. It, it was, but but if you look at the beginning of that movie, it actually describes exactly what what she was describing as a cowbird. Really? Yeah. yeah, in the beginning of the movie, it actually that it looks like B roll, but unless you know what Vivarium is too, mm-hmm. that it it basically is exactly that, like a bird. Right. Yeah, they sh- did they show that in the credits, like the bird eating. That, yeah, that was the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was oh, the beginning. That's cool. And it, it was like a pre, like like a, a foreshadow for right, what for the what movie was, was about. Happen. But mm-hmm. a lot of people, crazy. a lot of people don't read into that because you know they're 
see B-roll. Oh, it's a bird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing bird things. Yeah, but if you yeah. like slow-moving, weird-ass movies, yeah, that watch Vivarium. Dude. Yeah. It's got Jesse Eisenberg and um, what's her name? Uh, she's she's popular. Popular. Pop. Oh, never mind. That's from Wicked. It'll yeah. come to me. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that one actually. Um, yeah, these people they they get a they buy a house in a neighborhood, or they they're they they did not even buy it. They're looking at it. Yeah. Like they go in with some realtor. And he's like a weird guy, the mm-hmm. realtor. And they get in this neighborhood, and the guy like vanishes, and they can't get out of the neighborhood. Like no matter where they drive, it takes them right back <laughs> to the same house. That's yeah. how I feel in my dad. And so they just like decide to live there, and they just start living there. Like, and they can't get out of the neighborhood. It's a weird it's ass. Like one movie. of those neighborhoods that's just like all the houses look the same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. So oh dad, yeah. Exactly. They all look the, the same. same. And then they and they no one else call, lives there. The like, cul-de-sac everywhere. Like yeah. Well, yeah. basically they keep walking like. Like through, they keep jumping fence, jumping fence, yeah. jumping fence, and they end up at in their, in backyard. their backyard. They're probably just in Sarasota. <laughs> <It's> so <weird>. <laughs> <laughs> People in Sarasota. Cool movie there. Yeah, it was a cool movie. So, Cowbird. So, um, I know this is a is a time movie, isn't it? Like, yeah, well, 1950s. 1950s. Wow. Yeah. Did you have a, like a lot of props, or was it, just, or you just went to a town where it just still in? They're 1950s? stuck in the 50s. <laughs> Pretty much everything was already there for us. The people, like, I mean. Actually, what happened was um, this was my first time like working with like a crew like like um, I think like we kind of combined like industry people who have done shit that's much better than my stuff and then just people like me and we had a props manager and um, my aunt actually um, she's an artist and she just she basically just she's on disability she has an illness so um, she hasn't really done much in the past few years and she was like i want to help you out with this film she lives up there and so i got to get to know her a little bit better and um she had a friend um that owned a thrift store and basically we uh, made a deal i was like i'll give you 280 bucks let me take what i want and i'll return it all to you in a couple weeks so it's basically like a rental yeah um so the props manager basically went in took all the stuff that we had over like 400 props in my script like, I had originally told Chris, I was like, dude, I'm just going to do this. Like you said, like, do it all, like, simple and, mm-hmm. and all that. And then I totally just fucking lied to Chris and myself and and just made things a lot more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it was, yeah. Somehow we pulled it off, um, but I didn't really care if it was, like, specifically 1950s. I just wanted the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my crew just was really, really set on, oh, this has to be perfect. Everything's got to be from the 1950s, like right. exactly. And it caused a little bit of tension because I was like, I don't really care. like, and, yeah. and that's not really unprofessional in my opinion because I think that it's just fucking trippy and cool to have that vibe going. I don't think right. that yeah. people are going to be like, oh, uh, that you know, that spoon looks like it's more from the 70s. Right. But it was great that I had a, like, a Well, if you look at a movie like It Follows, yeah, like, you had no gonna... clue what – Era that, that was, was. The, what they use as an example, yeah. actually. Well, Zach was like, yeah. well, it could be like that. Yeah, you, didn't, like, you didn't know so what weird. season it was. You didn't know, like, because there was what one scene swimming at the beach and the pool, and then next being winter coats, and right. it like be like, like I love shit like, like that. Yeah, that makes no so sense. Crazy. Like just kind of like things that, like, I don't think that has to be explained if it right. looks cool. Yeah. There was no cell phones. Yeah. But yeah. then that one girl had that little the, compact the thing. Phone, the, the flip phone. Yeah. It wasn't a phone. Oh, it was no. like a, I don't even know what it was. It was like a, one of those pagers. It was a uh, two-way pager. I don't know what it was, but it was weird. Yeah. And then, like some of the cars were modern and some were old. And, yeah. Like, well, that's just Detroit. So, well, that's Detroit for you. Yeah, I remember Detroit. I was watching that movie and I'm like, 
I have no idea what time period this is. Like, it was so strange. Yeah, but yeah. Great freaking movie, though. Yeah. Well, it's always on. Uh, um, that score, man. Yeah, that score of that movie is just oh, yeah. so yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I haven't even watched it yet, but I've been told several times, like, when I was doing Calvert, like, this, they're like, oh, this reminds me of It Follows with the whole, like, yeah. 1950s, whatever. Yeah. And, and basically, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, I don't know. It was it wasn't something that Well it's an artistic choice. Yeah. That's one of the top five That's horror movies of the last twenty years, yeah, maybe. I, I, unfortunately I've just seen it so many times. Yeah, I've seen it so many yeah, times. That's so always it. what I say. It's an artistic choice. People are yeah. like, Oh, this dress that you brought because mm-hmm. I'm a makeup artist and she also did the wardrobe. She's like, This shit's from like the nineties. I'm like, Bro, it's an artistic choice. And she's <laughs> like, Dude, you can't keep using that as an excuse. Yes, you can. Yes, I can. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you say, uh, last time I checked, I'm the director. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Do what I say. Yeah. Yeah. She uh she did a she did a good job with with the with the clothes and everything but um it was it was just a whole thing man that I I don't know I I wasn't like prepared mentally because it's like a lot of these people were used to doing like sag shit yeah you know and yeah. so like I I just I I feel like I'm definitely an amateur with my directing style of course you are you're 20 I, years old yeah but yeah here's the thing when I first started I didn't I didn't go to film score and I just mm-hmm. I read books and stuff, and I figured out, like, in my brain, this is how a movie's made. And it was totally wrong. Yeah. But throughout the years, I've always surrounded myself with people that know way more than I do mm-hmm. and learn from them, people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first movie was a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But I used that as my film school. You know, I hired an FX artist that had worked on, like, huge movies, Nightmare on Elm Streets mm-hmm. and Alien and Predator and all these movies and he was there to do our FX, but it was great having them there because he, he told us how to do stuff and well, this is normally how they do it or Mm -hmm. this is what you should do. And you know, he gave me his opinion and it was valued. Um, but I learned a lot from him. And then, you know, my second feature, I hired a a DP that had worked on big stuff. Like he, did like $10,000 music videos and helicopters and all this crazy mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to be a cinematographer from him, just literally just watching him. Like be, being, I was the director here, the DBE, I was over his shoulder just watching him, mm-hmm. how he, you know, shot stuff and what he did and how he did his coverage and all that. Um, so that's good that you're working with people that know more than you because yeah, you're going to learn from them. Yeah. So that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And I had a, I had gaffers who were also special effects artists, so they were telling me how to set certain things up. Because um, I had, I, I don't like write my scripts for my budget. I just write them as if I'm fucking Spielberg and I have everything. Because right. then I feel like I just like to like make my team scared. No, I'm just kidding. But um, like <laughs> yeah. they'll read my script, and it was really funny. This is my first time having an AD that Zach brought on board, and. Dan is like very organized and um, he's only done short so far, but they've all gone really well. And then this was his first feature film and he reads this script. He's like, Mace, this is a, the script is 140 pages. He was like, I need you to shorten the script. And I was like, okay, I'll shorten it. And so I sent it back to him and he calls me. He's like, dude, I told you to shorten it and it's 12 pages longer. (laughs) 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 And, and what I was trying to do is like, I, 
I know that that's definitely something I need to uh, work on because I'm, I'm like, well, a lot of it, I write it like a novel because I want to like show the, the crew, like, and the, and the cast really envision it. And a lot of the cast were like, I appreciate that because a lot of the words were really just describing things. That yeah. I mean, that's the thing script, is if the script's so. that long and it's all descriptive stuff. I mean, that's not bad really. Yeah. But. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like that much dialogue for that reason, but there was still like way too much. Like we didn't, we only shot probably like 90 pages, but it was doable. And that was the thing was like, I kept trying to tell my, my crew was, was they were freaking out over not completing it. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. They were like, we're not, we're not meeting our goal. And I'm like, well, actually we're meeting what's standard is like, I think it was like 10 pages a day. And I'm like, we're doing yeah, that. It's not lot. that you guys are being, um, you know, not realistically like meeting the goal. I'm like, I'm just, you know, a crazy writer. And I had, you know, given them 14 days cause we had a break and they had like a one day break, um, to complete this big ass script. And also, um, what, what went wrong though, was I had had a lot of this planned out before, like I had cast this in my head with people that I knew locally. And right after I screened triggered, um, I actually asked to book these people because I had written this with them in mind to play these roles. So I had like, it was about a mom and a kid and, um, they were the main characters. So I had these people booked for like six months. And then um, a few days before we're about to shoot, um, the one who's supposed to play the main character, Harriet, um, tells me that she just didn't feel comfortable with like traveling and just um, it just didn't seem like I had my shit together. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I, I felt like I did, but also it was hard to find an Airbnb up there because it's the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so she was worried I wouldn't be able to book an Airbnb on time. So she was like, I think that we should push this back until you know like where we're gonna stay at and so i was like okay i respect that and um so i just kind of thought about it and then i guess the the kid's mom who's playing the main character found out about that and then they decided to to remove themselves from it too so it kind of was a domino effect everyone's like god well if if your main character dropped you're not going to be able to recast her why am i going all the way up there so mm -hmm. i lost like my whole cast and it was two days mm -hmm. before shooting Jeez. um so what I had to do was I had to use um, someone who was just going to be a productive uh, production assistant um, that Zach brought on board, who's actually a super talented actress, and she was she already had a reel too, um, and she ended up being Harriet. But then I didn't have a kid, so I was like, where the fuck am I going to get a kid at? So I was literally like auditioning children from the town <laughs> into this house. And Come here, little boy. <laughs> pretty much. And I was asking my aunt, like, I sound so fucking creepy whenever I, I speak about anything. And I don't know why I'm just really bad at, at phrasing things, but I was like, I really need little boys to come out to the woods <laughs> and let me film them. And my aunt was like bringing in all the small town kids and they were coming and their parents were bringing them and they never seen shit like this. Like this is, right. this town is literally stuck in like the seventies. And when they get here, like, this looks big to them. And um, so there's a kid on the property that looked exactly like the, the kid that I needed. And he was seven years old. And his mom decided to bring him in and, and let me talk to him. And he um, was really, really smart. But this kid was, like, super, like, just distracted. And these kids are different. They don't have iPads and shit. They, like, beat rocks and stuff. And <laughs> he's like, I turn around and he's nailing something. Like, where'd you get the nail from with the, with the big stick, like, into the ground? <laughs> and and I'm like Sawyer, let's let's have a conversation. So have you ever wanted to act before? And he's like, Yeah, I've done I've done a film before, and 
he told me all about it and I was like, wow, okay, that's crazy. So I talked to his mom. She's like, he's never done a film. <laughs> and, and I mean, this kid was Kids. so confident about it too. And, and he was like, he's like, I'd like to give it a try. So, um, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to be impossible to work with because every time I, I talk to him, he's got a rock in his hand right. and stuff. And <laughs> this kid ended up fucking like kicking ass. Like he memorized all his lines wow. and, um, it was hard for me cause he wasn't, he didn't know anything about film. So I had to explain to the seven year old because the whole character that he's playing is really just a demon in the shape of a boy like is that's the form that it that it takes and it has a, a very like it's a very um, mature concept because it represents grief and turmoil in, in a family and that's really what the demon is and it feeds off the the tension and and the elephants in the room mm -hmm. with the family so when i was explaining to him i was like all right so think of it like this you're going to be playing a monster but we don't have a costume for you so you're gonna have to be looking like you and he was like, okay. And I was like, so what would you like see yourself as if, if you were going to be this monster, what would you look like? So he starts telling me horns and all this shit and, and big claws. And I was like, okay, so pretend that that's what you look like right now. And you're very like, you know, like a predator and you're just going to be very quiet. And it's almost like you're, you're ready to you know, pounce on your prey. So you're just going to be very like observant. He's like, okay. Mm -hmm. And he asks a lot of questions too. And, um, and we're just out here having this good conversation. And all of a sudden he looks up at, at the house, which uh, that's another story. This house has a lot of fucked up history. And, and he's like, who's that in the window up there? Oh boy. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's in the window. He's like, that man right there. Who's up there in that window? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Nobody's up there. And he's like, oh, okay. I thought I saw a monkey man up there. And then, <laughs> I'm thinking like, what? Because we had a lot of paranormal activity nice. in that house. Should have filmed that. And dude, it was like <laughs> ridiculous because we, I don't, I'm not really like, I believe in that shit. Oh yeah. But like, I feel it, I see it, but I'm not someone who's going to convince myself it's there right. just for the fun of it. Cause that shit scares me. So <laughs> like when, I was curious as to how my aunt got this house so easily. And um, she tells me, when I, when I found out a few months ago, she's like, hey, I found the house that you're looking for. I actually texted her. I was like, hey, I want to shoot something on a farm maybe in a few months. You got any uh, leads? Two hours later, she's like, I got your farm. I got your silos. I got the house. I said, how? And she's like, oh, I just drove into this guy's property and asked him if I could use this creepy house he's got. And I was like, okay. So we decided to go up to North Carolina and check it out. And I, I told Zach, I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. Apparently there's an abandoned house on this property in the middle of the woods and they're going to let us film in it. And Zach's like, are we going to get murdered? And it was like fully furnished and everything? They had left their shit in there. Jeez, and, awesome. and it was creepy. And when we went up to see it, um, I guess there was like a feud between like, I guess like the will because the owner of the farm and then the people who owned the house like died. And then there was this will, like who gets the property. And so the family finally got ownership of the house and it hadn't been like lived in in like 11 years. And so I met them and it was just a really eerie place because you had to drive 40 minutes out of town mm. and down this big road. There's like coyotes and stuff. And then there's this, this house and it has this like really weird vibe. And I was like, I love it, man. It's awesome. And um, so I looked at everything and it, I mean, it had like a couch and all this stuff. And she was like, oh, yes, this was my dad's home. And 
Um, you can do anything you want in here. Just don't go in his office. And I was yeah. like, okay. And that just makes you want and, to go in his office. Oh, yeah. I mean, she <laughs> let us look in it, and it was full of books and stuff, and it looked like a study, like a mad scientist study. And she was like, if you could put that in the contract, that would be great. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever, awesome, free house, whatever. Right. And, like, a few months later when we're about to film, like, I, I wrote it in my contract, and she made a few requests to my AD. She's like, please make sure all the lights are turned off when you leave the home and only leave through the side door. I'm like, okay. And she's like, also, don't lock the door. So we weren't allowed to lock the door. I don't know why. Um, and she didn't leave us a key, so we had to, like, leave it unlocked, and we couldn't go out the front door. So we had these, like weird rules now day one like when we get there there's a spine like on the steps like a goat spine just sitting there <laughs> and i didn't i don't know why i was really overwhelmed so i didn't even give a fuck and i just walked right past it and my crew's getting there to meet me for the first time to like um spine i was like i don't know where that came from something died <laughs> i don't know um i don't know and we go in the house and whenever it's cool and, and we're going like up the steps just to look around like the gaffers are checking everything out like where they can you know light stuff and plug stuff in and, and there's like this big like piece of carpet that's like over another piece of carpet and they're like looking under it and then we pull it back and there's a big pile of like it's like a big red stain and on the banister there's like streaks of like red like it looks like someone grabbed the banister and then it's literal footprints, like walking, like they lead to what another the... room. Nope. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, well. There's a logical explanation. I was that. like, what is that? <laughs> and, and so the gaffers are like, is that blood? And I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. And they're like, well, who lived here? I said, well, I don't know. He's dead. And they're well, we like, know where well, he died. how did he die? I said, I, I don't know. So we're, we did, I mean, that happened. And they were like, they were very like, they're with the studio affiliated like they don't do that bullshit like well whatever we'll we'll make it work you know like we're not talking about paranormal stuff and um one of my uh my producers he's um really into like horror and he's from missouri and he's like oh this is awesome like we, we got a bloody house and he was just fucking stoked and and that night like we're there till like 3 a.m again no street lights in the middle of nowhere in this creepy ass house and we're having a production meeting and I have my production assistant, sweetest girl ever, ever. She's super Catholic, though, so she's, like, really, like, you know, just anything paranormal. She's like, that's demonic. She's here. <laughs> she's here. I'm there. Zach's there. We have my AD who doesn't believe in shit, but being organized, binders, tabs, all things. Like, he didn't care about anything. And then there's Gage, who is my, uh, my, my producer, is more, like, creative and believes in all that shit. And we're just all talking about what we need to do and how we're going to make this thing work. And... All of a sudden, like this old radio that we had uh, got from the thrift store that hadn't ever worked turns on, and and we're just all like, "Bro, what?" And Gage, <laughs> Gage is like, "Oh, oh, that's awesome! Oh, this place is haunted!" And and my my uh my production assistant or um she's all like she's also the art director so she that's why she was there with in the meeting and she's she's like, "Guys, this is not funny!" And I literally felt like we're in a movie. I was like, "I didn't do it!" Like. Well, how, how did that turn on? And um, so Gage goes out and he's like, oh, my God, like, I just checked it. Like, how did it get plugged in and, and all this stuff? And uh, I mean, I, I was like, I don't know. Like, nobody else is here. And so we're just sitting there and, and Dan's like, OK, let's just get back to what we we're talking about. Like, completely ignores the creepy radio. And then we start going through shit. 
and all of a sudden, like, something in, like, the kitchen area, like, scoots, like, across the floor. Uh, PA starts crossing herself, which, like, <laughs> and, like I, I mean, I was just, I was spooked as fuck. Like, in this place that we're in, this kitchen has all open, like, you can, there's no curtains, it's just all glass windows, and all you can see is darkness and woods, and Zach's like, I don't like, I don't, I don't like this. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a little weird, man. And and then the lights literally start to fucking flicker. <laughs> and and uh, then and Gage is like, oh, dude, this is this is really weird. And he's just he's so excited. And then all of a sudden, like, the makeup artist walks out of, of one of the rooms. She had been ironing. And they all turn around and just scream like Zach, like, chucks the binder across the room. Gage, like, just, I mean, belts out. Oh, my God. And then she was like, oh, what? what what's happening? And, and then we're just like laughed about it for like two minutes and I was like, dude, I didn't know you're still here. Did you do the radio? She's like, no, I have my headphones and we talked about it. it was another room ironing. So she heads out. Next day we're back there. There's a fucking skull and a pile of bones right by the house. Like in a pile. Like someone put it there. <laughs> Somebody's messing with you. I'm like, someone's fucking with us, dude. Yep. We're in the so we go back Damn to city the, folk. I swear. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And and so the next day, like more like weird shit starts happening and like the the lights are going on and off and then the door starts locking every time it shuts like we're going in and out and then the door is like locking and people are like why'd you lock us out like we're bringing gear in i'm like nobody's locking the fucking door and <laughs> and it just kept getting weirder and then I, I think like the third night we're like shooting like in the kitchen and the gaffers who had been irritated with me because i kept making paranormal jokes they're like all right it's, come on guys um, they're outside and they're lighting like fake moonlight and in the middle of the shoot, they're like out there like, like they look like freaked out and I'm like, what's going on? So we say cut and they just run in they're in the hallway and they're like, oh, oh, I'm like, dude, what's, what's up? And they're like, no, just finish, just finish what you're doing. I was like, no, what happened? And they're like, who is fucking with the walkies? And like, we're all in here. No one was on their walkie. And they're like, well, we just literally heard like weird shit like someone talking like came through the radio and we were outside and then like there were like coyotes like eating stuff at the same time like in the woods <laughs> and and i was like are you you're you're not your kid and they're like dude we want to lie about this shit man and they're like don't tell anyone else like you know it's not it's not a big deal i'm like well that sounds weird to me and they said it sounded like a baby crying and that was like another thing that they heard on the, on the radio, and, and and so that night, I think it was like that night, um, or the next, maybe the next night, I don't know, we're there again, because I don't know why we're idiots, and it's because we're a bunch of white people in the fucking woods, and we don't, but and and we're just like, oh well, this place is obviously haunted. Let's stay here all night and <laughs> and, and work our production shit out, and and we're about to, we got in a big argument, me and my crew, like. I don't even remember why. It was probably because it was late and like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And also, I had this thick ass script that was impossible to to do. And all of a sudden, like I felt this weird like thing. Like I felt like I was like having a seizure, and it was just like random. And um, Gage just like looks at me at the same time. He's like, "Dude, we gotta get out of here." Just out of nowhere. And I'm like, "Okay, you feel something weird too?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's get out of here." Dan's like, well, let's just finish like the call sheets first. I'm like, bro, fuck that shit. Like, let's get out. <laughs> we're starting to get out. Zach's all like freaked out too, because he Zach didn't really believe in that stuff, and he's kind of like, this is weird. And then we start hearing like, I swear, someone like upstairs, like walking around. And we're and, and Dan's like, I'm gonna go see who's up there. I'm like, why? I'm like, dude, and he thought a crew member was up there. No one comes back down. He's like, oh, there's nobody. That was weird. And um, so we start to go out the side door, 
And as I'm going out the side door, there's literally, this is like three in the morning, a fucking flashlight coming out of the woods, like towards the house. And Gage just starts like screaming, he's like, oh my god, oh my god, there's someone with a fucking flashlight coming towards us. And and, and I was like, shit, like what are we doing? And then and then, coming to plant more bones. I, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck this person was doing, but we were really scared. And I was like, uh, and the car is like parked way down, the, of course, the driveway. And um, we had shot a scene where one of the the it was like the hick uncle like pulls into the driveway with his pickup truck and uh he hits the mailbox um and so that's important in a second but that's like laying outside and um then they were like well someone has to go first and we can't go out the front door and i was like fuck it i'm going out the front door and dan's like well we said that we wouldn't do that i'm like okay well i don't know what y'all want me to do and gage is like i'm not doing it and dan said i'd do it but then some of one of you guys has to turn the lights off because we said that in the contract I'm like this shit's bullshit. I said whatever, I'll go. So I'm literally like, darting out across like this big property and like the pitch blackness, envisioning Michael Myers like behind me the whole time, and like just dart to the car, and they all start running behind me like these grown ass men, like <laughs> like flailing their arms, and like Gage was like in tears, and he was like, oh, this place is cursed. Oh my god, and he's like the king of like gore, like he loves that shit. And we get out there, and then we're all getting Gage's car, and then we see someone with a flashlight coming towards us. Oh, who the fuck is that? And we're like, oh, it's Dan. And he's just walking with his flashlight. Like, literally, he's seen someone in the woods, and he didn't give a shit. Like, we get in the car, and then we he, like, goes in reverse, and we hit the fucking mailbox that was on the ground, and the tire pops. Uh. And then he's like, we got to get off the property before the tire, like, goes flat. And they're just hauling ass out of the property. And I mean, and so I was like thinking that there's some flashlight people in the woods and then basically to skip to the end, it, I mean, it, it turned out that we found out like in the middle of this, that this was an Indian burial ground <laughs> and these bones were like, I don't know if you guys, you guys know what the Wendigo is. Yeah. yeah. Gage is like getting all caught up in this shit and he's like, this is really bad. The Wendigo is after us. And I was like, <laughs> like he was so serious. And, and we're at my aunt's house and Zach's like, what the fuck is a Wendigo? And we're like talking about it and we're doing research. We can't find shit on the house. And my aunt goes, what are y'all talking about? She's like, y'all know people die there. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. She was like, there was like some drug dealers, some drug lords that like lived there and they were being watched by the FBI for like a whole year. And they had drones and shit, and they, you know, it was never proven, but they were like suspected of murder in that house. I said, "You're kidding me." She's like, "Oh, I thought I told you." I'm like, no, you didn't fucking tell me that. So that happened too. And then she's like, then I remember that um, the owner's daughter had told me there was a plane crash there, and um, we had been hearing planes, um, but we couldn't see them. That was fucking with the audio, and um, that happened too. And that that was like confirmed. That I'm like, so all these people like died here and she's like oh yeah and the doctor that originally lived there uh, he just died in the house i don't know how and i'm like what the fuck bro so my friends like that i you know i was saying i had to share a bed with my best friend and her boyfriend and she so they're in the house with us and they're like we found a witch store that's you know three miles away it's open till 6 a.m i'm like there ain't even a fucking taco bell out here but there's a witchcraft witch store, store. <laughs> and gage is like we need to go we need to get sage like all this shit so then, like, we all got convinced that this Wendigo was after us. 
and we start going through the footage, and we're like, <laughs> like we're indulged in this. Sort of in a great found footage movie, right? Yeah. Bro, like we were indulged. All of us, like literally all of us, were fucking crying. We were also like high, but we were all like, <laughs> oh, the wind it goes after us. Like, I mean, this was bad for me. Like, I really like genuinely think there was some weird shit there but i was like overreacting i was being really weird the next day we show up to set and all of us has giant crosses around our neck <laughs> and we say absolutely nothing about it and it's just like me my producer zach and then my best friend who was one of the actors we all have crosses and i had just been making like religion jokes like the day before so they're all like what is going on here <laughs> and and it was just <laughs> so that was like the whole like just of it and and then when we came back there's literally another pile of bone and it wasn't like it was not there before but it has hair and it was like obviously like a goat and and so i guess gage and my best friend go in the forbidden room and um they start looking into the books in there and there's some books on how to expel fucking demons oh my god and i'm like and Gage is like, dude, you might have to stop this production. And I'm like, no. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, there's no way I'm stopping this production because some fucking demon is being a bitch. So, like, I, like, went in when they were all on break. And I, I we went upstairs and I go into the, by the forbidden room. And I'm, like, talking to this thing. I'm like, hello. My name is Mace. I'm I'm an artist. I'm not trying to fuck with your house. And I feel like an idiot. And I'm trying to record it. And we're all like get in like the zone. We're just staying there. Like <laughs> we're not here to hurt you. And and we're just we want to embrace your home and 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 then we're just like and we go down and we go out to the like kind of the wood area while everyone's still eating and we're just listening to it. And nothing. Like, it's literally just me being an idiot in a room. I got nothing back. Like, I mean. So. Yeah, but well, don't you prefer that, though? That you I got do, nothing? but I'm like, now I feel like it was for nothing that I just looked like a fool. And now I had to listen to my own voice right. back for like four minutes about, you know. And, and one of the, I think the gaffers was outside taking a smoke break. And he just hears me playing this recording. Right. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So that, that was. How long was the shoot? How long? It was like we were there. Well, I was there for 20 days in North Carolina, but the shoot was technically 15, but we had like a day break in between. But it was, yeah, we had turnaround time and everything, which kind of honestly made things go behind because I'm used to just shooting constantly. Yeah. But working with people who are like, you know, used to sag mm -hmm. stuff, like you've got to do like 12 hours of downtime. So, um, considering the first day we started at four o'clock, like that was a problem because then like a lot of my scenes took place in the morning and that was like the thing. That's why we had to have a, a day break. And I didn't even think about it. Like, I mean, I sound like crazy, but I didn't even think about having a day break. So this was a SAG project. So, no, but I you just worked had SAG with SAG people and that and was a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, to some extent. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely something different for sure. They could tell that I'm not I wasn't used to that. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, union. Yeah. I'm not gonna say too much about it, but I've worked on SAG projects and other stuff, and it's just there's too many rules. Rules. Uh, we we don't film with rules really. When yeah. We film. We just like. We just shoot stuff. Yeah. Like, just have knock fun. It out. Shoot stuff. Yeah. And go home. 
yeah, we just not we just knocked that shit out. Everything again. had like a contract. And uh I mean we somehow we got this like nineteen fifties mint condition pickup truck out to the property. My art director worked that out. And um we didn't even really know how to drive that thing. And it comes out into the property. This guy's probably thinking we're like, you know, some Netflix crew or something and it's just me and my pajamas and I was like, <laughs> Whoa, that's a cool car and I don't know shit about cars and he brings it out and my props manager, she's um was saying that she knew how to drive a stick shift. Um, False. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. I don't know if it was her or the truck, but we almost broke it. And there was like oh. no contract. And I was like, where did this truck come from? My art director was like, oh, Facebook. I'm like, <laughs> and, the, and the gaffers and then my, my sound mixer, like they're the ones who are like most professional. And they're like, you had someone bring out their, their actual vintage truck from the 1950s in mint condition that you're going to drive. And, you know, on, on your set and you don't have a contract and you don't know the guy's name. It's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but it's here and it looks badass. Right. So let's shoot it, man. And I mean, that's, that's what we did. It was, it was cool. Um, but our original car didn't work out because we'd have to tell, like, I don't think about this shit. Like I'm, I'm still yeah. a stupid director. I'm like, I'm just thinking about the product. I'm like, I didn't think we'd have to tow it out there and all that. Well, that's thinking, a producer's job. That's literally right. a producer's job. Yeah. That, I guess, I guess so. And this, the original car was from the twenties and I was like, Oh, he'll just drive it out to us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's it's so old, man. I mean, I like old hot rods, old hot rods. There's what was the, uh, what was the Halloween tie in? The you, Halloween. You posted something about, Halloween resurrection or something. I did? Yeah. She was high. What do you expect? She was like high it? in the middle of the woods. Oh, it might have been. She can't be held responsible for anything she does is high in the woods. Oh, my God. Yeah, it feels like all a dream to me. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, he's just going to look. Right. Rolling, 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 rolling. Anyway. I mean, it was it was a horror, it was a psychological thriller film. Yeah. So I mean that. Uh, so you're editing now? Yes. Um, I haven't really started on it yet because I'm in film debt and I can't get my hard drives. <laughs> um, but I'm starting a, a new job on Friday. Nice. At Applebee's, bro. And then. They're holding your yeah. hot your footage hostage. Well, Zach's got it, but I need oh. it to edit, so. I'm so, like, so you work with DaVinci now? I have not started with DaVinci yet, but yeah. I plan to edit. I this actually started DaVinci. using it. It's pretty good. How yeah, long did it take I told you. To you. Learn? Uh, thirty minutes. For real? Yeah. Like it was that. It's I heard it's a little easy. more complicated. Do you use Adobe? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you can, like, when you're when you download Resolve, it asks you what softwares you use yeah. and you click adobe and then all the keystrokes are the same as oh, adobe cool. yeah. and i'm finding resolve to be a lot easier and they have a lot more um features that are super simple like sometimes adobe like when you want to do text in adobe mm -hmm. it's a pain in the ass yep. like you got to do all this stuff to just make a text mm -hmm. this nope. dude you just click it and you type and it's already there. Yeah, it's, I hate it's amazing. text in Adobe sucks, man. Well, you also have like After Effects built into yeah. the program. Yeah, like, really? exactly. Yeah, you don't have to open up Adobe After Effects, wait for that to load, then really? import it to your. Yeah, you don't have to do any of that. That's it's awesome. all in one program. That's why I love DaVinci. And you know how like when you 
say you want to do a digital zoom, mm -hmm. you got to go and you got to like frame. do the keyframes yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. All you do is click digital zoom and it does everything for you. <laughs> yeah, it was I amazing. Like, I was like, holy that's shit. Not just a thing. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it was so easy and awesome. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently like making the switch. And what's cool about it is it's 300 bucks for ever. Nice. You don't have now, to, that's awesome. the weirdest thing about it is, so normally, like, when you get Adobe Premiere, what do you do? You just download the software, yeah, yeah. you sign in, you say, this is my payment or whatever, and they pay mm -hmm. 20 bucks a month. So in order to get the DaVinci result, now, let me tell you, the free software is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get, like, all the extra stuff that comes with it, like the sound library and, yeah. like, all this other stuff, it's 300 bucks. However, when you click upgrade, it takes you to a site that lists a bunch of stores that are like film stores or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you have to call them. And th I'm, I'm talking to this guy about this. And I'm just like, is this real life right now? So I call the guy and I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get DaVinci Resolve upgraded. And it keeps pulling up this list of stores and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, so basically what happens is I will send you an invoice for $300. You pay me. Then I order it through DaVinci resolve and they will mail you. They will mail you a flash drive in four, in two weeks. You will have a flash drive yep. and you have to upload it into your computer by the flash drive. And I'm just like, are we in 1992? <laughs> like, what? Come on. it's the, the weirdest process. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Um, just I don't have anything to edit right now. So, uh, See, mine I, uh, just came with cameras. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you get it, a Black Magic camera came with it. Yeah, but well, now it's free, like, yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, okay, it's cool. It's a weird process. Yeah. It's very strange. What the fuck? Yeah. But um, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Zach should have it. He's got the Blackmagic camera. Yeah. He, he yeah. should have the... Yeah, I bought mine used, so it didn't come yeah. with it. Yeah, hey, always get the dongle. Play with the dongle. Always use the dongle. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want to start working on that. And, and also, like, I like that um, it has the footage already in there mm -hmm. for you. I know that takes up, you know, more space and, the you know, the processing is more intense, but um, that's, that's better for me. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had issues with the hard drives and Adobe and just, I mean, it's just kind of like I mean, Adobe crashing all the time. Like, yeah. I was done with that. Like I know I sat for th four hours at one doing one video and it crashes. And then it, like, I'm like, I, that's how I was literally done, done. It had like a glitch where I don't remember what it was, but like, it was like part of the saving process where if you like had like, you did these certain like hotkeys for the update, yeah. it would just automatically crash. And I looked that up and they were like, Oh, we're working on it. And then, he was like that for like the next month and I just, I kept having to redo stuff over and over again. And I mean, it's not really like industry standard anymore because DaVinci's kind of climbing the ladder with that. Yep. And um, I think that that's just kind of the best route to take as an editor. And I want to get more into like doing um, special effects and stuff. Oh, I yeah. was also yeah. looking into going to school <laughs> for um, audio engineering just because it's something I don't know anything about and right. I want to know how to mix my own sound yep. like in post. 
So, I mean, that's something that well, I'm interested in. DaVinci Resolve has a good sound system on really? it, the Fairlight. Yeah, he, they bought out Fairlight, and then they put it into their DaVinci Resolve, so you can actually do a lot of tweaking Dude, and mastering on it. that's compact. There's so much stuff in there. It's really good. Like yeah, so the free cool one, is, the free one is really powerful, mm-hmm. but the, the paid one is a lot more powerful. Like it's yeah. like there's so much more. That's literally why. I like I edited a system. whole music video on the free one, and really? had it had everything I needed in it. Yep. And um, it just didn't have like the sound effects and the yeah. music library, and they have more uh, effects and stuff that you can get. So it's pretty cool. So on October 18th, Mace Walker posted, Today the producers of Halloween 5 rejected our film unless I stepped down from director and my producers let their production take over. That's what you're talking about, the movie Halloween. I was thinking no. about the holiday. So, yeah, yeah. Somehow Gage like, got in touch with these producers because you know Halloween 5 is old as fuck, but he's, like, they still like And produce. shitty. Yeah, and um, <laughs> he like got in touch with them, and um, they were... Um, Apparently he he had like gotten money from them like small like chunks of it for his stuff um for other things that he had done because he he's done like short films and stuff all kinds of like horror shit and so he got this phone call with them and sent them like a package like I think he sent them like the script and like some other stuff like our BTS and everything and yeah pretty much and they were like okay so they did a phone call with him. And um, they're like, so what's what's your uh, your budget? And he was like, oh, six thousand dollars. And they were like, oh, really? And and you're having a twenty year old direct this? He's like, yeah. And they're like, all right, go fuck yourselves. And that was basically like how it how it went down. And she's like, you tell them that I'm gonna come down there and I'm gonna take over that set, or you guys can just have a shitty set and never make it anywhere. And I was like, I choose Plan B. So, right. I mean, and and Gage was just kind of. Uh, just devastated over that because it did seem like we would have gotten offered some like because this person is not like a film person really but they they invest in shit mm. and um so he went to like the bar and um my dad always told me he's like you want to get to know who you're working with get them drunk and um the the only issue with that was so did I <laughs> and, and, and so like Gage was there first and he's like you guys need to come out here there's some tension on set and that was something that I was like why is there tension on fucking set because I felt like there wasn't and maybe I'm just very like I'm I'm that director that's just you know the what you would see an amateur director as like I didn't see a problem with a lot of shit that they thought was a problem mm-hmm. um, and then we all go out to like this bar and Gage is just like gone. Like he, he, I guess he was just so upset over this, this loss. And, and, um, so he's already gone. And then everyone else comes out to the bar and they're all gone. And we have like this big, like night where it's just us in this bar in the middle of fucking nowhere town. And they're like, man, I just love cinema. Like, I don't even care. Like what goes on? Like, I just love cinema. And and we're all Nima. like yeah, and I just we were all like yeah, this this awesome. Everyone's like just emotional. Like this is this is awesome. Like this is <laughs> this is we we're like family. This is like day three. I don't know any of these fucking people. And and so we got like the you know the big beer thing, and they're like oh um lighting versus sound. Who and then we're doing like DP versus director, and like who can you know chug it and shit like that. And and it was just this like big night and all that. And I was like yeah, everyone's cool. Like you know fuck the money right guys like yeah you know 
we just like to make movies and stuff. And then the next day, everyone's like, all right, so let's talk about invoices. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's that. And um, I, I had to really like, I, I, the stupidest choice that I made with this film was first off writing it and second off um, not going to college. And thir thirdly, um, the fact that I did not budget for food at all. Uh, and I didn't. I was like, "Oh, that's not going to be a problem," because I, I don't know why I didn't think it would be that expensive. But I think 20 people, because I had a cast and I had a crew, and so I I literally did not even think about it. Like I'm like, "Oh, it's fine. I have like a thousand dollars for that." But that shit went so fast. Yeah. Because it's like if you average it out to so like five, you know, ten dollars a person every day, and you got to do like a meal a day at least. Right. Then that shit's going to start like. Costing you a bunch of money. That adds up really quickly. Yeah, oh it yeah, it did, and and especially when we're like out there and there's nothing, you know, it's like you want me to go hunt you a deer and cook that shit up. Like there was. And you gotta pay them. You gotta give them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Every I day. had to do pretty much. It wasn't like meals because I mean we didn't. We were on set like normally in the afternoon, so I would do like one meal and then I would have to have like a bunch of snacks. And it didn't mm -hmm. help that half of them were like like deathly allergic to gluten and everything else up in North Carolina, all these stores. So it's like, you don't, you can't just go and get like kombucha tea and shit like right. that and avocado toast up there. Like they're stuck in, you know, like I said, like they got like, you know, like deer meat and shit like that up there. And um, it's funny. So, one thing I did is I, I've always, um, whenever I started making movies, I always sent a questionnaire with, my casting like if i'm casting mm -hmm. uh the person submits their headshot and stuff i send them a questionnaire to fill out and one of the questions is do you have any food allergies because i i worked on um i directed a movie called seeing evil and we had uh milk allergy lactose intolerant um one girl was allergic to like air she was allergic to everything. Yeah. We had two vegans, a vegetarian. It was like a nightmare. Yeah. And the caterer had to make special meals for each one of these people. Yeah. And that cost a lot of money. Yeah. You know, all that extra shit we had to buy. And um, so now, if you got a food allergy, we I don't sent one out actually, but it seemed like people added on to that. I think there was only like two people that actually said that they had problems with gluten and and yeah, both of them were, were health were health reasons but then um i don't know what happened because um, my ad knows most about like he was really good at sending stuff out and everything but it just seemed like everyone starts converting to like gluten free and there was one anonymous request that i stopped putting soda on set because this person whoever requested this has no self-control and will drink sugar and how is that your problem? I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't know this, and I, I my, somehow my debit card got floating around, and and that was another thing that happened. But um, my my AD was, I asked him, I was like, why is it every time someone comes back from the grocery store, there's a bunch of like 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 literal juice boxes? I'm like, where is the Coke? Like, and and the Mountain Dew and stuff. And and Dan was like, oh, well, I I got a request saying that um. Uh, they didn't want any soda on set. I'm like, well, well, why can't they just not? Who the fuck said this? So um, I was like, okay, well, I, I'll i just have my own personal cooler then. Right, that's what I usually keep do. Keep my, like, soda in there. 
And that was just, it was such a weird, it was such a weird request to have like no soda on set. But then they were like, well, there's not enough drink options. I'm like, dude, I don't know what you want me to do. Like milk a fucking cow. Like water. Oh, bottles of water. That's I, mean, it. I had water and then I had like some gluten-free like granola bars and stuff like that. Um, crew members don't get a rider. They don't get to, to decide what's right. on. Bottle. Here's your fucking bottle of water here, and your Cuban sandwich. Shut up. I was, yeah. <laughs> here's a couple Here's a couple packets of bangles and, a, and some water and right. have a Coke and a smile I and had, shut the fuck up. I did <laughs> like gluten-free bread. Eventually, by the end of this set... Everything on my set was completely gluten free. Oh my god! We were cooking gluten free every night, and like my aunt would cook dinner and stuff like that. And I heard That's a few terrible. complaints. That I heard like, "Oh, it was it was a little bland." Oh <laughs> like, my god! But, but not to Why shit on not to shit like on the, the crew like that because these were all like really really skilled people. But it was yeah. also like. I felt like it, to me it was a little bougie. Yeah, I it's guess, a nightmare. That's, yeah, I'm not I'm not that. used to that kind of thing, and and also like when people heard that I wasn't complaining about this, but I was just like, I don't care if I shoot more than ten hours, but obviously right. if I'm directing, yeah, I mean if you're doing audio or something that probably sucks ass, but I mean I was like paying overtime and stuff like that, so I was like I don't really care, you know, it's what we have to do, what we have to do, mm -hmm. and um. And and I think that that made me come off as if I like I didn't want anyone to feel like you I didn't was care about the career. Yeah, and I told them I was like I always left it up to them. Mm -hmm. I was like, do you want to shoot more? Or do you not want to shoot more? But I'm just so used to like with Trigger, like I had just like a camera guy and like my DP really, but he would we would just get through shit so fast because everything was like a gimbal shot or something like that, and it it looked good enough. Like it wasn't like mm -hmm. you know professionally lit and Should everything. Have said, look, but... people, we got 144 pages to shoot <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did not. And also, the, the girl that was supposed to be playing uh, one of these characters could not... She and her boyfriend were like a, another couple like characters that I had. And basically, long story short, I had to play her role because she couldn't make it and she played a pregnant girl. So I had to walk around with like a pregnant belly and direct shit. And also my <laughs> hair was blue and I had to dye it on set because I you can't have blue hair in the 50s. So my the art director literally dunks my head in the sink. I had a PA run and grab box dye, dyes my hair brown. That's why my hair is brown. And I had to pull my nose ring out, and that closed up in two hours. <coughs> and I'm, like, walking around with a trash bag stuffed in, like, this weird pregnancy belly thing I got online, directing. And then my cousin ends up having to play my boyfriend. Now, I haven't talked to my cousin since I was, like, fucking a toddler. Like, I was, like, a toddler. <laughs> and he comes out to set, and he's like, oh, he had only known that I make movies through Facebook, and he was like, what did you need me for? I heard that you need my help. I was like, yeah, I need you to play my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, what is this, Mississippi? <laughs> literally, we were just filmed, like, we had no time to rehearse, and everyone's like, Mace, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you, like, I'm like, dude, this was unplanned. It's better to have him than nothing, and then they were like, well, I feel like it'd be better to have nothing at this point. Just cut the characters. And I should have taken that advice, but I was like, no. So, like, we literally throw my cousin in this scene and where, where they knock over the mailbox. And we have this big log truck. I don't know where that came from either. But we're in this log truck. And I had to get out of the back of the log truck because they're like a Hick family and stuff. And we're riding in the back. And I've got a pregnant belly. And then... Basically, I went over the lines with him, and the only line he has is where he's making, like, a sexual reference to me. <laughs> and 
it was like it was the line was really weird and I don't know what I was thinking when 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 I wrote this but it was like the mom was like saying okay you guys can't share a bed because the family they're having a family reunion she finds out I'm pregnant and that my grandma's like oh well you guys are sleeping in separate rooms and and all the dialogue's super weird so it's just like awkward comedy like that's just my style like everything's just fucking dry and weird and and he was like and my my cousin or my boyfriend was supposed to be like oh well why can't we sleep together that's like i think he said it's like um leaving clothes out in the rain and then uh, i don't know like com complaining about them being uh, i don't know like want, not wanting them to get wet so you bring them inside i don't fucking know it was like it's already there it's already happened it was a weird like analogy and it, just the fact that the, I don't know how I wrote it, but the word like wet was in there <laughs> and, and it wasn't meant to be like that, but it was like, well, if something's already wet, why would you, why does it matter if it rains or some shit like that? That was what the analogy was. And, and he was like, I, what, like, well, you want me to say this? And I was like, yeah. And we can only do one take cause the sun is setting. So let's get in the back of this log truck <laughs> and, and then we get out and jump out the back, like just jump off the log truck and then you make a, a, a reference to you know, well, I've, I've already fucked her. Why can't I do it again? And then that's it. And he's like, okay. And like, we get in the back of the truck and as we're like, as it's like rolling and they're driving to the driveway, I was like, so how's like the past 18 years been? <laughs> and he's just like, cool. How's it been with you? I'm like, well, you can already tell, you know, <laughs> we get there. Then like I stand up and I'm, I'm a shitty actor. Okay. I'll own that shit. Like I, I think I can direct actors pretty well because I know what I'm looking for. But when I'm on camera, my confidence just drops. And I'm like, what the fuck do I look like? I feel like I look weird. And, I mean, everyone who's not in front of the camera usually probably feels that way. So that's why I feel like that derails my ability to do anything. And when I got when we get up to the driveway, I'm supposed to jump out of the car. And, and um, as I'm jumping out of the car, um, or the, it's, it's higher than I thought it was, and my dress gets caught on the, the nail so I'm like, I fell off it. I'm like hanging off the truck with like my whole ass exposed. <laughs> and they're like, why are we here? Like the, the mixer like booms for Kevin fucking Smith. And he's just watching this 20 year old hang off this log truck with her whole like thong just like out here like, like this, like trying to direct this movie. And then my cousin, I'm like, this is actually like becoming real life. Now my cousin is seeing my ass. Like, come on. Like, why? And, and, and he's like, oh, and he's like trying to help me up. And, and he pulls me off. The, the nail and we like reset and I'm like sorry that was weird and he's like oh you're fine and we, we reset we were pulling in now it's nighttime and they're like, oh it's nighttime the family's supposed to get there in the daytime and I was like fuck it they got there at night and they're like well the scene where they arrived it's it's light outside I'm like then it's the next morning I don't know like it's just you know whatever so then we, we pull in again I jump up like out of the car and um I uh when I fell out when I jump out of the car my my stomach falls out <laughs> and i and i just continued with this scene so like this whole like trash bag of clothes like falls out of my dress and i was like oh golly what's going on uncle flea because he hit the mailbox and and everyone's just watching like a train like, wreck what <laughs> is going on and then my cousin forgets his line and he was like oh i'm sorry so what's so funny is my cousin who plays joe He's there for when we get there. And I told him, I was like, you know what would be better, Austin? Just say nothing. And everyone's like, why is he here? I said, it's funny. So it's an artistic choice. Oh, like he says nothing. And that's the funny part is that he's just that awkward boyfriend. It's like, where the fuck am I? Why is this family crazy? And they're like, okay, yeah, that works. And, and then um, so 
So I'm like, just every scene, he'll just be making expressions. And everyone's like, okay, that's cool. That works. Well, we lost Austin after that day, and he never came back. So <laughs> we were, like, up at night trying to figure out, like, can we just say he went to get bread or some shit? And I'm like, how am I going to, like, work that into something? Like, right. is anyone ever going to be like, hey, where's Joe at? And I'll just be like, he went to get bread, like, a week ago. So he's <laughs> in, like, one scene, which I cannot cut him out of because it's a big, like, wide shot. And he's just there. And also we had to, like, have our arms, like, around each other because I'm, like, presenting him to my grandfather. And, and he's just, like, we're just very stiff and we're supposed to be, like, really in love. And I'm, like, dude, this is not working. Like, this is my cousin, bro. Right. And, I mean, that was, that was like, that was super fucking weird because, I mean, I, I was not expecting to, like, play another role and especially, like, the role of, like, the prissy girly girl, which is not me. So, I mean, I feel like I did my grunge roles pretty well and, and triggered, but this one I'm, like, having to get my hair up in, like, curls and stuff, and, and like, I, I miss my, my unnatural hair colors. And now you can already see my blonde coming back in. This is, like, $7, like, box dye. And I would literally have a picture of myself walking around. I don't know if the towel's on my head in those pictures, but I have a towel on my head, and I'm in a dress that has fake blood all over it because it was the only thing I could get dye on. And I'm literally, like, directing with like a dye all over my fucking face and i mean i i just look like an idiot and nobody knew what was going on either because i <laughs> forgot to tell people like why i did that i only told a few people so right. everyone's just like like kind of looking at me and 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 they're like why did she just come out here in a bloody dress with a giant towel like on her head and no shoes <laughs> And and I just like I I don't know like I forget that like people aren't always in the loop so I just start like all right let's set up yeah. for the next shot and um then then I took the towel off and I had brown hair and everyone's like so you just decided to dye your hair while you're supposed to be directing wait I'm also this playing going, a role this is going somewhere and <laughs> yes and and everyone's and it turns out like I don't know why I didn't think of this but like, I really liked this character that I had written. I really liked her, and I knew that I did not do her the way I wanted to do her. But then someone was like, well, she's not really, like, as important as some of these other characters. Why don't we just, like, why didn't you just cut her out? And I was like, I don't know. Why didn't I? Like, that was just something I should have totally done, because then I would have more, like, time to do other shit. And for some reason, I, like, prioritized You got attached extra. to the character. I did, and that's... That's, like, something I need to, like, get better at because I do that, like, all the time. It's, like, I get, like, attached to to characters and stuff and and um I have to, like, because sometimes you can combine characters. Like, sure. you just take two personalities and merge them into one and give another character lines. Like, I had to do that for, for some stuff with this one. But, yeah, but definitely that was, that was a challenge having to, to do that as well. And then working with kids who weren't experienced, you know, yeah. even though he did a really good job. Um, I also worked with his little brother who was like four and uh, we had to do like the scene where the kid gets hit by a tractor and, and Zach was really nervous to do that because he's like, well, this is like stunt stuff. And I was like, well, we can just do it where the kid's not really even by the tractor. We'll just make it, we'll cut like back and forth and do the eye lines right and everything. And I told the kid to look scared and, and like, like a POV shot. And every time I tell him to look scared, he's like, I'm like, that's not scary. You're not scared. You're about to get hit by a tractor. And he just smiles real big. He's like, <laughs> and I was like, no, like, like you're scared. Like, like you're screaming. He's like, ah. I'm like, okay, well, you're four. What are you gonna do? You know, he's cute. And and um, 
Zach just was so worried about this tractor, and I, I didn't know. I'm like, dude, who cares? No one's gonna. No one's died from from a tractor from the 1950s. And then then it's like two days before we wrap, and and the farmer's like, "How'd you guys do with that tractor?" I was like, "I'm pretty good." And and he was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Once I got it from that auction, I thought it was a, it was pretty cool and um, collectible. I didn't think I'd ever use it again." And he's like, I feel bad for the guy that died on it, though. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> he was like, no. He's like, this, I thought that's I funny. told you. He's like, this uh, this guy, um, wow, the tractor before that's me. The, that's the line. I thought I told you. That happened so many times. You get a t-shirt with that. I thought I told, I told you. you. That was me at the end when everyone's like, so wait, the the pay is like deferred. I was like, I thought I told you. No, oh, yeah, I'm just right. kidding. I, I, mean, I told everybody that. Um, that I should paid, be the tagline. Yeah. Calvert. I thought I told you. I'm like, this was my plan to get you out in the middle of the woods, and now you can't escape. Right. And Fine. now you have to finish the project. Now, but um. So you happy with everything, the way everything came out? And I think so. I haven't really looked at the footage yet because it's been like a week and a half, mm -hmm. and so I haven't transferred everything over. Um, but I did like I get to. I actually had a monitor when I um, when I did this, and last time I did a film, I didn't have a monitor. I could yeah. just look at the camera. So like. Mm -hmm seeing it on a monitor and also we had four people back there looking for continuity problems right. so that was good and we also had like the sound mixer had it like it's like the app you know you can connect it to your phone right. too and um so he could also see like shadows so it was good to like have other people like monitoring that stuff and in the continuity and mm -hmm. everything so i feel like we only like fucked up continuity maybe like one time and it was like with a green fucking necklace that was Going on. I mean, it was kind of funny because we we did we did screw up a few times and it was it was my fault and stuff. Um, but I fixed them where like a character's like they're constantly like putting clothes on in front of the camera. I'm like, okay, now we need to now we need a pickup shot of of Meredith putting her fur coat on because in the next shot she's got. So we would have to do that stuff and and uh, my lead was like joking around. She's like, what if like every transition is just a character putting a jacket putting on or taking on. it off? Or <laughs> we even have one where she's like adjusting her necklace because the next shot it's gone. And she like makes it, she says something about that. So that was like, I mean, that's just like the classic way to fix that mm -hmm. shit is to integrate that into dialogue where they're just yeah. oh, putting their hair up completely different. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to monitor though when, you're doing so much. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. That's mm -hmm. why you have like producers and second ADs right. and everything. So, um, what what camera did he use? Did he use his Black Magic? Yeah, Black Magic 4K. And you put the monitors. What what uh app program did you did you know? You, it was um, God, what is it called? Is it Holly Hollyview. Hollyview. Is that Hollyland? Hollyland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Holly and then yeah. Hollyview was Those like the good. app. Yeah. That, that was the one we, we, we were looking at for... Uh, was it like a Bluetooth? Um, no, the one we were looking at was, was those HDMIs, like... Oh, yeah. Like the, ones the you antenna, have. yeah. They have their own Wi-Fi, so that's cool, because we didn't have that out there. Mm -hmm. So we were able to, like, connect that. I have that with that camera. Mm -hmm. It's the Panasonic. They have an app for it. For it and um, But the Blackmagic, I don't know. I guess you hooked it up to the Hollyland app mm -hmm. or whatever, so you were able to multiple monitors. Yeah. Yeah, we had like an iPad for like the monitor because I, I don't know. I I think I was supposed to like rent one from the gaffers and then I like forgot about it, so they just brought their iPad. Hmm. And then I told them I was like, I have a monitor. I'll bring it tomorrow. And it was like my aunt's like flat screen TV. <laughs> and then they were like, just use ours. So they were pretty cool about that because they let me like watch their monitor. <laughs> I felt like such an amateur though because I'm like all in their corner, yeah. and I could tell like. 
Like, it's so funny. Like, at first, like, I've never seen two people more passionate about light bulbs in my life. Like, they came in, like, attached at the hip. They're, like, the same height. They're, like, a pair of binoculars and all black. And they're, like, looking around. They're, like, light there. There's an outlet there. There's one there. And they just collect all these lamps in a big pile. And they're, like, so focused. And they're just, like, looking at all these lamps. And then they went to, like, the Home Depot or whatever that was up there, and they, they were so excited to, like, show me the light bulbs that they brought back. It, uh-huh. it was just so funny. They're like, oh, they have such a big selection of everything, and it was so funny because I was like, it's, it's great to have people who are, like, passionate about it, and mm-hmm. so I know a lot of gaffers just do it because they know how to, Yeah. but it's not, like, their main thing that they, they do. But, yeah, they were, like, super, like, into lights and territorial, like, uh, over, I mean, that's how all crew members are. Like, everyone, like, had like their own corner and everyone would like freak out if anyone trespassed over their <laughs> shit. Like it was funny because um, the DP like Zach and, and gaffers ended up getting along really well, but I could tell there's a bit of tension at the beginning over a card table that was going back and forth from mm-hmm. camera room to, to lighting room and they wanted it for their equipment. And I, da- Zach had claimed it. I didn't realize it because I didn't think that the note that said, camera department meant anything so i just ripped it off and i was like you guys need a table and they're like yeah yeah bring it in here and and i brought the table in there and they start putting their shit on it and i i don't know i don't think sometimes i got adhd whatever i put all zach shit on like an old desk and he walks in like literally didn't cross my mind that he took that table i was just like oh zach put his shit here i'm gonna move it so he comes in and he's like where's my like department table man and i was like oh the lighting team needed it he's like dude i need that for my stuff and i was like oh well, get it back. <laughs> they're already putting their shit on there. And he's like going in. He's like, hey, I kind of need that table. And they're like, well, we need this table. And and then he's like, I know, but I got more stuff. Like, I got stuff too. And and, the, and they're like going back and forth. And then I see the car tables going back in the camera department room. And, and the gaffers are pacing back and forth. And, and I was like, you guys need another like table? And they're like, oh, it's fine. And, and I was like, this shit needs like these things need reality shows because it's so much better than like the Kardashians or some shit. Like right. this yeah. is the drama and it's fucking hilarious. It's like, and it wasn't like any like petty shit, but you could tell like they were like, what the fucking card table? And the makeup artist was eyeing that too. I was like, <laughs> so I need, she's like, is anyone using that card table? And there's also like a mysterious stain on that one too. We found that oh, in the closet geez. somewhere. So we had, we just used furniture like that was already there. And then we had, um, this uh this I don't know if I told you guys on my on the on the podcast before, but I like ordered an actual corpse of a deer online. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I ended up using that, and um, the the effects artist got really busy because of Halloween, so he literally drove up to North Carolina for one day to drop off this deer in a bucket of blood, and then he took off. And I mean, it was it was funny because he he showed the art department how to do it and how to do everything and. He also brought us, like, a bloody arm and shit. So we just had, like, this deer corpse. And then another corpse that I had is, like, a ferret squirrel thing that I also got online. Um, like, on, on the makeup artist's desk. So the cast members are, like, going in to get their makeup done. And there's, like, a dead deer, like, just on the desk. <laughs> and everyone just thought that Carl, the, the effects artist, made it. And they were like, wow, he's really good. And I was like, no, this is a real dead deer. And so that was like something strange that we had on set. And I mean, it was, it was pretty dope, but also it was like $300 for that thing. And we used it for like a six second shot. (laughs) Along with the other, uh, you know, Indian burial ground, got fake dead deer, well, real dead deer, but that's the coat spines. Yeah. (laughs) Now I have this thing in my car now. 
I don't know what to do with it. I brought it to my uh, my work Halloween party and tried to auction it off to a bunch of stoners. The dead deer? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they all know I make films, but I we, we tried to prank my one of my coworkers and throw, we threw the deer on the apartment floor. My friend my friend was like throwing this party and we all like hid in the room and we were going to have him walk in and just see the deer laying there and have my friend come out with like a, or my boyfriend <laughs> come out with a knife and a, and a Jason mask. And then he walks in and he's like, Mace, is this your prop? I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, they, they already know that I have weird shit like that. But then he brought his friends in and they're like, dude, where the fuck do you get this? They're all, like, putting it on their, like, Snapchat and stuff. And, and then I try to auction it off. So I was like, how much you, would you guys pay for this? Someone said $4 million, but he was, like, on drugs. <laughs> and, yeah. and then the highest, like, offer I got was $40. And I was considering it. You know, considering my uh, my financial situation, but I was like, no, this is too good of a corpse to sell for forty dollars. Yeah. Like, it's in great condition. Did so. you do an Indiegogo or anything like that? I did, and it flopped. Yeah. Yeah, I have one running right now. It sucks. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you could sell that stuff on the Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. Just make it like a, a really like really weird like rewards like. Well, yeah, they they've been trying to auction off my head for fucking yeah, we sell movies. Props and... <laughs> Dirty underwear, all kinds of stuff. Dude, yeah. I got a whole basket of dirty underwear. If that's what it takes, it's funny because because <laughs> we have this girl sushi that's like in all our movies, and when her scenes are done, she just takes her panties off and gives them to Sean, and puts he puts yeah. them in a baggie, yeah. and we auction it off, and we usually get like two hundred bucks for them. Are you kidding me? I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not even. <laughs> I know it. So and I'm just kind of like, who the fuck do you sell that to? Where do you find these? We put them on our Indiegogo. Yeah. You do not really. Yeah. yeah. Hell, bro. They always sell. Always. That's hilarious. I yeah. mean, they have like Patreons just for that. So you guys can they either have... get a copy of my script signed by me or my dirty underwear. Come on, I know it's there a tough choice. You know, <laughs> or you get both. It's a package deal. There you go. You know? I mean, you probably get a buyer then. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll this get is a buyer. the underwear I wrote while I wrote the where while I wrote the script. You know what do you want? Like I could just I could do that. Yeah. I could. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got this deer. I got all kinds of like weird shit that I don't need and. Oh yeah, sell oh, that yeah. stuff. Sell that stuff on yeah. uh put it on your Indiegogo. I'm just bad at marketing. I don't know what to yeah. do. I'm like I, I I so badly just wanna be like, Oh, I'm just a little girl and everybody's sexist. Can you please donate to me? Like, you know, but I, that's not true, so I can't do that, you know. I could always so, use like, my, I need money. Money. Yeah. It's money. <laughs> I could just be like, you know, I could just claim that like I'm a minority filmmaker who, you know, who's then you know the the men have been very condescending to me in the industry, and mm -hmm. if you'd like to to support my my dream, but no, I'm I'm like not. Nah, I don't want to do that because I know a lot of women take that route, and it's smart for some. You know they they're very tasteful about it. Yeah. But also they also like, play the part. They also play that part. Right? I yeah, but then I feel like then you're putting yourself in like a box where like then that's just how people are gonna think of you, and that they're gonna be yeah. afraid to work with you because they don't want to be like accused of something right. or thought of a certain oh, way. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, but so so what's next? What's next on your pro on your? So you're going into editing soon. Yeah. And when do you plan on for a release? Um, probably. I mean, I edit pretty quickly because I I really like to edit, so I do it pretty fast. I don't like rush through it, but I mean, I would say probably like February, something like that. Oh wow. Because okay. right. it's not as long as I had originally written it. I'm glad. I mean, I think it would probably be like an hour and ten minutes, something like that. Once I like make all the cuts that I need to make. That's how we were on Delta Pi. We were like, we had a restriction on a location for a certain period of time, 
and I'm shooting and Sean's just got the script. He's like, that's cut. Yeah. That's cut. That's cut. Yeah, that's how <laughs> that's my like, AD was. We cut probably like half the script out of, yeah. out of that movie. And it's still that. like an hour 25, I think, hour wow. 30. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm crazy. glad. I'm glad that we did that. And it, it became more of a comedy than I thought it would be. Like there was like, I did weird shit in there. Like every picture on the wall is crooked and just there's just things like the house is just dysfunctional and mm. the decor is really weird and stuff. And I mean, I like it like that. I think it's, I based everyone in the, in the family off of one of my family members. I took their toxic traits and just, I mean, times that by 10 and just made them this like really fucked up weird family. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I definitely have my own, like, aesthetic with it. I don't know if it's even going to come off creepy. I hope it does, because I tried to not use the kid as much and make that more, like... It's it's weird when you have comedy and horror, because it's just really... They're really too, like... They contrast too much, and it might be difficult to pull that off. But that's why I didn't do it, like, slapstick or anything. It's just very, like, low-key. Like, it's more just about, like, the family and how... Um, I guess egotistical they are and stuff, but that's also kind of just like the comedy within it. It's it's all they're all hypocrites pretty much. Yeah. And um yeah. It's all in how you tell the story. Yeah, it's so. like a psychological thriller, right comedy thing. So it's just it's weird. I'm curious to see like what direction I can go with the genre, like classifying that. So hmm. I don't think Chris ever has that question. No. <laughs> we already know Naked what he's gore, called. right? Yeah. yeah. Bo- boobs and gore. Gory and nudity. Yeah. It's not wrong with and that. fun. It, I, mean, I mean, it's a niche. Make it fun. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mace Walker, thank you for joining us this week on Killer yes. Collab Podcast. Thank you for joining us again for the third time. Three, that's three right there. Three yes. times. Three times. Chris Lano, Reaper Films. My name is Tony D. Thank you guys for joining us on Killer Collab Podcast. See you next week.